we're kicking off a new series. So not only have you kicked off a new school year, but we are kicking off a new youth series. For the next couple of weeks, we are going to be doing the dating phenomenon. And so what I'm excited for about this is that whether you're in sixth grade or 12th grade or whether you're in, you're in a dating relationship or you're not, there are some things that you can learn. I think there are some principles and some truths that we're going to go over these next few weeks that I think are going to apply to your lives today and also apply to your lives for the rest of your life, whether you're in a dating relationship or not. But there's this cultural phenomenon that's happening right now that I think every single one of you are aware of, and that's this phrase, I'm just talking. Who's heard this before? Raise your hand if you're just like, I'm talking to this person. It's talking versus dating. What does talking even mean, right? And I'm sure some of you could give me an answer. Others, you may not be aware of what this I'm even talking about is. But we're going to talk about what this looks like. And here's why this is important. It's because as we think about talking, it requires there to be a relationship for someone to talk to, right? And the relationships are just a big deal in general. Whether it's talk, whether it's text, whether it's you're on the phone with them, whether it's Snapchat, whether it's FaceTime, you're constantly talking to somebody. And so relationships matter. We were made to live life together. We weren't made to live life in isolation. We weren't made to live life alone. And so we need each other. So relationships absolutely matter. But here's the deal. In our culture today, this term talking ultimately leads to a whole lot of confusion. So girls, I get that guys can be confusing. Say, like, do you, if you understand that, just go ahead and raise your hand. Like, guys can drive you up a wall because, like, he's telling me one thing. He's Snapchatting me this. He's texting me this. He's sliding into my DMs here. He's telling me I'm beautiful. Like, I, he's giving me all this right here, right here, right here. He's giving me all this attention, but what are we? But guys, I know you're not the only ones to blame. Girls, you can drive guys up a wall too. Am I right? It goes both ways. It's a give and take. Guys, I know girls give you all the attention that you want as well, but they also, at times, give it to a lot of other guys too. It goes both ways. And so you're like, I like them. I, I want a relationship with them. Like, I like the way this feels, but like, what are we? And so there's a lot of confusion in this whole world of talking, right? And that's what I wanted to share with you guys as we really define this. I want you guys to know the reality is that talking, like this whole idea of talking, ends up creating a lot of confusion. That confusion comes from a lack of communication, a lack of direction, and ultimately a lack of purpose for the relationship. So there it is right there. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to write this stuff down because this is the stuff that I want you guys to hold on to throughout middle school, throughout high school, because our culture is only going to get worse in a lot of ways, especially when it comes to relationships. And so this confusion comes from a lack of communication, a lack of direction, a lack of purpose. But I think you guys can all agree with that. Whether you've experienced it firsthand or whether you've seen friends go through this, you guys understand what I'm talking about. But what I don't understand is why you keep doing it. Literally, a couple of weeks ago on one of our Tuesday nights, I saw a guy that was with this girl right here in this room. I was like, dude, what's going on with you and this girl? I'd seen them together all summer long. He's like, oh, nothing, we're just talking. It's like, you're just talking. What do you mean you've been with her all summer? It's like, do you plan on asking her out? Or are you guys like, it's like, oh, no, absolutely not. I was like, then what are you doing? Like, literally, you're wasting, like, and I, was, and I just asked him, I was like, what's the, what's the point? He's like, well, it's nice. It's a nice thing to have for the summer. I'm like, man, you are going to hurt her heart. Like, you're going to break a relationship. You're going to break her heart, and that's not okay. Like, get it right. And so we talked more about what that looks like, but I'm telling you guys, this idea of just talking is bad news. And as we talk more about this, I know you guys understand what I'm talking about. It's so ingrained in our culture and our society. In fact, Urban Dictionary, you know, the dictionary of all dictionaries, defines talking as this. 
When two people are not exclusive with each other, nor have established what they are as a couple, but have some sort of relationship. So essentially, this is what it is. Talking is an excuse to act like you're dating someone without the actual commitment of being with them. Which ultimately just leads into greater confusion of what are we, greater frustration, and then ultimately just chaos in your own life, but also in their life. Because what it tells you is that once you go from talking to one person to talking to another person to talking to someone else, you ultimately have no idea how to be in a healthy relationship. And so we're talking about this tonight and over the next couple of weeks, because these are the things that you guys ultimately need to know is that it doesn't have to be this way. Your relationships don't have to look like this. There are other alternatives. And I know this because I've not done it all right myself. Like, I have made plenty of mistakes in my own life and my own relationships, so I have my own experience to be able to say, hey, like, God restores, but this is messy when we don't have an idea or a purpose with what we're doing in our relationships. But what's even crazier is that our culture and our society tells us a lie that says, hey, you can do whatever you want with whomever you want, with as many people as you want, however many times you want, and all the above, and the list can go on and on, as long as it makes you happy. Because ultimately, our society and our culture will tell you that life is all about you and your happiness. So you can do whatever you want, as long as it makes you happy. It doesn't matter who you really hurt in the process, because life's about you. That's the lie of our culture. And if if life is all about happiness, that's a pretty sad life. Because every single one of us in this room knows what it's like to be broken. We're messy people. We've been in messy relationships. We've got messy families. We live in a messy world. So we understand that if it's about happiness, then, man, if you're like me, my happiness is like a roller coaster. I don't know if you feel that or not, but that's where I'm at. And so I just want you guys to know is that there's a reason why God has something to say about all of this. There's a reason why this cover to cover is about relation, a relationship. And so as we think about what our relationships ought to look like, I want you to know God's not out to be this killjoy. You, many of you may, I don't know where you're at with your relationship with God or what that may look like for you, but I want you to know that too often our society can say God's out to like beat us down. God doesn't want us to have any fun. God is out to steal all the good things in life. I want you to that's a lie. Because ultimately, God is the creator of it all. It's not that he doesn't want you to experience or this relationship, or he doesn't want you to experience this pleasure, this, this aspect of life that's like, man, that feels really good. No, God created it all. But in the right context is what he intends for. And so ultimately, what this, what this book covers, outside of the relationship with God and man, is that he gives us guardrails. He gives us relational guardrails to not just protect us, but protect the people that we're with, to protect the people that we're in relationships with. And so it's no wonder to me as I think about what a healthy relationship looks like, and it's no wonder that healthy relationships come easier when they start in a healthy place. But I have to ask myself, like, well, what is a healthy place? Like, how do you start a healthy relationship? And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Ephesians 4, and we're just going to look at a couple of verses. If you have your phones, pull out, I encourage you to pull them out to open your Bible app to be Ephesians 4. It's going to be on here as well. But Ephesians 4, verses 22 through 24, and it says this. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true, oh, excuse me, in true righteousness and holiness. 
Okay, so right off the bat, Paul is talking to the Gentiles, and he addresses, like, hey, you're sinful people. Hey, you are a mess. You as a people, like, we as a people are all screwed up, all sorts of screwed up. And he says this by addressing, like, hey, put off your old self. You were taught to put off the old way of life, this way of life that is all about you. In fact, that you've been given into all of these deceitful desires. And those desires range from one spectrum to another, and you and I know that. We all have desires in our lives that, are, that may be based on a life we, if we dig into, if we buy into what society tells us. And so if we are, he's, Paul's saying, put away your old self, and instead, put on a new self. Be renewed in your mind and attitude. And then it says, at the very end here, it says, be created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So that is the start of the healthy relationship. Ultimately, is to be like Christ. But if you're like me, I grew up right in these seats. I grew up going to church. I grew up in the church week after week after week. And I would hear these kinds of things like, oh, what would Jesus do? Or you need to be like Jesus. I'm like, okay, I get it. But so what? Like, how do I actually do any part of that in my own life? I get that I need to do this, but what does my day to day to day look like? And so I started asking this question about looking at this verse, how does this relate to relationships? And I started thinking about if God wants us to put away our old self, and he really wants to put on this new self, then I started asking questions of like, well, who is God? What do I know to be true about God's relationship with us? And so I started asking these questions. As Christ pursues us in a relationship, is he selfish? Is he arrogant? Is he prideful? Is he demanding? Is he abusive? Is God degrading? Does God lack commitment? Does he say that he wants to be in a relationship with you today, but not tomorrow? Does God say, hey, I will love you now, but once you do something wrong, I'm out? Does God say that the entire relationship is based on perfection? No. In fact, God says the exact opposite. That's the last thing that God does in our relationships. But what's beautiful about this is that regardless of what we do in our relationship with him, man, he is pursuing us. He is fighting for us. He's fighting for us so much that he died for us. And that last song that we just sung, how he loves us. He loves us so much that he died for us. So how are we to be in our relationships? From one guy to one girl or one friend to another? And if we're to be in a healthy, God-centered relationship, then honestly, our relationships ought to look a lot like how God is with us. I don't know if you've ever thought of it in that way before. But our relationships aren't to be fickle or flaky. They're not to be, they're not to crumble in a moment's notice. They're not to be arrogant. They're not to be prideful. They're not to be about you. They're not to be self-righteous. And your relationships aren't to create confusion. And that's a big deal. In this world of just talking, all it is is confusion. But the beauty here is that there is no confusion with God. There's absolutely no confusion with what God has done for you, with what God wants for you. And so as he, God died for this relationship with you, man, all, you have to, all he's asked for you is like, do you want it? Just like when you are defined the relationship, Christ already did. Christ defined the relationship so much for you saying, man, I'm, I'm here, I gave it all. And I'm waiting for you to accept it. And so we need to define the relationships because there's no confusion in the character of God. And so in the same way, we ought to define the relationships in our own life. And obviously, I know that there is a place to, to get to know people, to be friends, and honestly figure out whether or not there is a, a potential romantic relationship there. I get that. It's part of life. But you've got to cut out the confusion. 
Because if we are to be like Christ, then we need to be clear with our intentions. And so guys, I just want to address you real quick. You got to step it up. You have to raise the bar. You have to set the standards like, hey, I am pursuing Christ, and that is the most important thing in my life, and if she wants to be a part of that and we can do that together, then that's what I'm going to expect, and that's how I'm going to treat her. You need to be the man who's going to set the bar that say, I'm about respect. I'm going to care. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to love you in that way, and I'm not even encouraging you guys to be in a dating relationship right now, but if you are, that is the, that is the bar. Girls. Y'all have the same, same expectations from God. You need to be women of righteousness. You need to be women who are after holiness. And you need to be looking for men who are about that. And so don't settle. Too often, we, and this goes both ways, it's not just a girl's thing, but I get it. But too often we get so amazed and, and captivated by, ooh, he likes me. Or, ooh, she likes me. And trust me, I, it feels good, I get it. We like to be liked. That is a natural human thing. But the reality is, is that if that, rela- if that person is not going to treat you, women, especially as I'm talking about as men are in relationships with our culture today, if that man is not willing to give you the respect that you deserve, that, God, that Christ would have you have, then don't waste your time. But the most important thing from this entire message is not just that, is that I want you to realize that that if you were to love to in your relationships in the same way that Christ loves, but you haven't experienced Christ's love personally, then you will never be able to have that kind of love in a relationship between one guy and one woman. You desperately need to experience the love of Christ before you can give that to someone else because you can't give what you don't have. And so if you truly want to experience the, a relationship that will transform all other relationships for the rest of your life, then it's time that you think about who God is right here, right now for you, for you, for me. Because Christ has given us an example of what relationships ought to look like, and that's holiness. It's not of a feel-good like, moment of pleasure. It is a lifelong commitment. And if you aren't ready for that, then maybe you're not ready for the relationship that you think you are. Because the truth is, guys, talking is confusing. Talking is messy. Talking leads you nowhere healthy. And I know in the world today, it is messy, it is chaotic. You guys see it, whether it be in the news cycles, whether it be the riots, whether it be our politics, whether it be your own personal families, whether it doesn't matter, your schools right now, life's a mess. And so I get if you're in a place where you're like, man, I've seen everyone try to do it themselves and they're figuring it out, but I'm over it. Like, I'm gonna do me. I'm tired of all of this, so I'm gonna do it my way. I can understand how you get there looking at our world today. But what I also know is that despite all the chaos, what I know to be true is that as followers of Christ, and we can stand on a firm foundation that when our hearts are, when we, when in our hearts we regard Christ as Lord and not some person or some relationship status, then there's clarity in this chaos. There's clarity in the chaos when we can look to the Lord and say, hey, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why this relationship is a mess. I don't know why he said this or she did this or whatever it may be. But God, I know you still have a purpose for me and I'm trusting you with that because I desperately have no other options. Like you are my Lord. And if we can honestly say that about God himself, then our relationships are truly transformed. They're so much more than just being about Making out in the corner under the bleachers sometime. I don't know. Whatever it may be, like that's a, a terrible relationship. It's not even a relationship. 
And so if we're truly to get our lives right and look at the chaos in our lives, it's not just about relationships. It's so much more than that. Our lives are full of messes. But I can promise you that with having a relationship, first and foremost, with God, that he brings clarity to the chaos. And so I just want to leave you with this thought. As we think about these, this talking versus dating, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking in depth about these kinds of relationships. If you find yourself in a place tonight where you're talking to somebody, my advice to you personally is start asking questions to define what is going on. And if that person can't give you an answer, you got to dip. It is time to get out of this because you're not, go- you're not going anywhere. It's only going to lead you into greater heartache, greater pain, greater frustration, greater confusion, and a, gr- a misunderstanding of what healthy relationships ought to look like. And so if you can't answer why you yourself are in this relationship, get out. And I'm going to end you with this verse, and then we're going to small groups, and we're going to talk all about this. But it's Proverbs 11.3. And it says, honesty guides good people. Dishonesty destroys treacherous people. Who are you? Who are you in your relationships? Not only dating relationships, not only talking relationships, but are you being honest? Are you being honest with yourself? Are you being honest with others? And are you being honest with God? Because God knows it all. That's the truth, and that's the reality of it. God already knows the mess in your life, but are you being honest and transparent with where you're at and saying, God, this is me? Or are you being dishonest? Are you trying to hide? Are you trying to cover up a number of things to make your life look less chaotic than it really is? God brings clarity to the chaos. And if you're in a chaotic relationship, let God in. Let God take the heart. Let God move in that relationship, whether that's to get out or else, or something else. But that's it. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to dive into our small groups. My encouragement is to, in your groups, really maximize on this time. Be real, be honest, be transparent. That's the point of our small groups, is for you guys to be, like, have your people to trust and to hold on to. Say, I need you guys. I need my brothers and my sisters to go to battle with me. Because if we're to define the relationship, sometimes we need people to say, hey, I know this isn't a dating relationship, but I need this relationship to be about encouragement. I need this relationship to be about supporting one another. I need this, encur- this relationship to be about prayer. I need this relationship to be about accountability. I need you to ask me things and questions because I'm not going to be honest with myself otherwise. That's the point of our small groups, to have those people. And so maximize on this time together. Father God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for just the, the amazing time that we've been able to be together. Thank you for just all of these guys and girls, God. Um, God, I pray for their, their season of life that they're in. I mean, you know what's happening. You know the messes that they're in. You know the chaos in their lives. You know the challenges that they're facing. And I just pray that you bring clarity into their hearts and lives. God, I pray that if there are people here tonight who, who desperately want to bring clarity into their life and allow you in to, to clean up their lives and, and bring clarity into this, all, of, all of who they are, I pray that they'll talk to their small group leaders. I pray that you will do a work in this time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.